Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to part three of three on the acute abdomen GU applications. And one of the things I've mentioned before in many talks is the importance of technique. Now, if you say to me, is there a stone present in this patient, I will say no. But the patient has gross hematuria. You need to give IV contrast. The acute abdomen, if you're thinking about hematuria, you need to give IV contrast. Unless it's obvious, obviously a stone, and you find the stone, and it's obstructing, and you can stop there, perhaps. You look at the right kidney in this case, you don't see anything. You look at the coronal view, you see a cyst. Look at the renal pelvis, do you see anything? No. Now we give contrast and guess what? This patient has a large AV malformation in the kidney. Look at the size of what you just missed. And you go back and you say, well, where was it? Well, there it was in the mid to lower third of the kidney immediately, but there was no differential density, so it didn't show. And so here it is again, side by side. Even in retrospect, you'd have to be a, a wizard. You'd have to be the wizard of CT. Uh, you'd have to be the wizard of CT non-contrast scans to be able to see there's something there and say you have an AV malformation. Uh, again, a very important diagnosis, and so AV malformations are often missed. They're a cause of hematuria. Patient may have no specific history of trauma or anything else, but there it is, very nicely shown, and there it is on the MIP imaging. A couple of comments, renal AV malformations are rare lesions, may be acquired or congenital, acquired or rare. Hematuria is the major and most common symptom. Other manifestations, including hypertension, LVH, cardiac failure, and abdominal pain are usually also associated with AVMs. Another example, look at this case. You look at this non-contrast. What's going on in the renal pelvises? They look full, but the renal veins look full. But it's hard to make much out of this. Is there something in the renal pelvis? Let me go forward and give you the excretory phase. Again, the renal veins look big, but they're not thrombosed, and there's soft tissue masses by the pelvis, but kidney's not obstructed. Are these parapelvic cysts, but they're higher density. And here it is in the coronal view. There's something there, but is that of significance? It's really hard to tell. But if you would have the early phase imaging, that's the early phase imaging. Look at this AV shunting into the renal veins in IVC. Look at it on coronal view. Look at it on 3D views, where you see the large renal veins. You see the early filling of the vascular structures. Just a beautiful example of a vascular malformation. Okay. Another example, look at the patient's right kidney. Renal AV malformation. There it is, nicely showing the rapid draining into the patient's IVC, and if I kind of change the rendering, look how nicely I can show you that AV malformation by the hilum of the kidney. Again, um, iatrogenic, stab wounds, some type of trauma are all common causes. Now, beyond the kidney, when you have hematuria, you've got to look at the bladder. Now, I'm not talking about bladder tumors when we do staging, but often bladder cancers can be small when they present. CT is highly accurate for detection of bladder cancer. Here's just a good example, large mass, over three centimeters, posterior left side of the bladder, it's solid, there's some enhancement, there it is early and there it is late. No problem, bladder cancer. And then you look at the coronal views, you can see the extent that it comes near but does not yet involve the patient left ureter, a very good uh, appearance. 
Now, one thing we've also said, that was a big tumor. We see many bladder cancers that are small in the one centimeter range, and the key thing is they're hypervascular. And this article with Ramon, we made the point that many of these are incidental. We picked them up while we're doing a quality study for looking, let's say, uh, at the aorta, where we're doing an aortic aneurysm study, and there, lo and behold, is an enhancing lesion in the bladder, and it's a bladder cancer. So it's an important diagnosis, particularly it's older patients, patients over 60, if you call that old, but the bottom line is that it's one of the things you need to think about. So if you have a study and you do early phase or non-contrast, you may see high density. That's blood in the bladder. Now that could be from the kidneys through the ureters, but there it is on the ar arterial. You also see active bleeding. So the patient had a small bladder cancer that was actively bleeding. And here it is on the delayed where you see the blood clot. The active extrava is something you only can see on the arterial phase. Another example, just to show you the appearance, gross hematuria following catheterization. You look at the bladder, Foley in place, high density, obviously blood. You do the arterial phase, look at the active extravasation. They must have injured the bladder when they were doing the, the placement of the uh, Foley. Look at the activity, look at the active bleed as we go from arterial to venous phase imaging. Indeed, very, very impressive, but a good example of not only saying there's blood in the bladder, but finding the cause, which was trauma, and it's active bleeding. So I will also mention, uh, as we speak about with incidental findings, bladder cancers are commonly incidental findings. And especially if someone has hematuria that makes it not incidental, you gotta look carefully. You gotta look at the, uh, for small tumors, even one centimeter or less, anything in the bladder wall enhancing will be a tumor almost 99% of the time. Also, it's important to give patients oral contrast. We typically use water and kidney-only studies and hematuria studies, but then you get contrast excreted into the bladder. That can be helpful. But the, all of the ways of looking at the bladder become indeed very critical. Now, the last thing I'm going to comment in this acute abdomen will be on adrenal um, high brightness or adrenal as sort of the uh, canary in the mine. Uh, the adrenals, we don't think of enhancing, that they all do, but if the adrenals are really bright, then you've got to be thinking about hyperperfusion of the adrenals in a patient who's hypotensive. And typically it was described in pediatrics and in trauma, but usually in pediatrics and then trauma, or pediatric trauma, pneumothorax, consolidation, blood in the abdomen. Look how bright the adrenals are. You notice they maintain their adrenal shape. They've not bled into the adrenals. There's no mass effect. They're just very, very bright. And here it is again, another example. These are super bright adrenals. What does that mean? That means the patient's in crisis, the patient's hypotensive. Another example, this patient was hypotensive with uh, intracranial bleed looking for a problem source. Well, you could see, look how bright those adrenals are. This patient's a mess with pancreatitis and uh, severe pneumonia, but look at the bright adrenals. This patient is hypotensive. Now, often the, the team knows the patient's hypotensive. Often they do not. CT may be the first sign, again, that's why in trauma patients, but also in hospitalized patients, that the patient is doing poorly. The patient may not be that um, expressive with them, so it's a very important finding. Or in this case, bad sign, right? Pneumatosis, looks like ischemic bowel, 
and this was not a good sign when the patient's adrenals are that bright. So again, hypotension, the adrenals can really tell you. Now there's been several articles, this article by Vekatarashami. It's important to recognize intense adrenal enhancement in morphologically normal shaped glands, especially in unwell patients, you know it's from London, because this finding may be of an early sign of impeding shock, warranting early critical care management. It may also be a marker of poor prognosis in ill patients. So again, you can't underestimate how important this is. Now the other thing in the adrenal in the acute setting is adrenal hemorrhage. Typically high attenuation oval and non-contrast scans, hematomas can be smaller, can be large, they can easily be missed and misdiagnosed. More common in females. It may be unilateral or bilateral. When you have bilateral hemorrhage, it can result in adrenal insufficiency. Unilateral typically does not. And symptoms are kind of tricky, can present with an acute abdomen type syndrome or myocardial infarction or sepsis. It's a very interesting spectrum of things, but as the patient gets, uh, gets evaluated, you come up with the right diagnosis. And when you talk about hemorrhage, you say, is there an underlying tumor? Is the patient acuminin? Was there trauma? Was there infection? And so typically you'll see oval adrenals of high density. This was a patient with right adrenal hematoma, classic oval appearance. The thing is that patients with unilateral bleeds are not going to have any hormonal abnormalities. It's when it's bilateral. So look at this case. Here the patient has enlarged oval high density adrenals. This was spontaneous adrenal hemorrhage. Just a very, very nice example showing you that, showing it again in the coronal. Again, you can go through a differential, but the oval, the stranding around it, make me really think about that possibility as you go through multiple lesions or lesions that are multiple and bilateral. You think about adenomas, you think about myelipomas, you think about metastasis. You also think uh, of this possibility as well. So let's move on a bit. Uh, again, the uh, issue is bilateral adrenal bleeds will put you into atosodium crisis potentially. This was a good example of a patient who had a meningioma, had done fine, and they, they thought the patient was septic. Well, the patient had no acute abdomen, but did have enlarged bilateral adrenals that were high density, and that was consistent with uh, adrenal hemorrhage. And the reason the patient had all those other symptoms because they, they didn't think about adrenal hemorrhage and it's bilateral, the patient was Addisonian, they did replacement therapy and the patient did fine. A very important diagnosis. Now I mentioned adrenal hemorrhage can be spontaneous, underlying tumors are a possibility or just anything in the adrenal can lead to it. But here's a good example of large adrenal masses you know, you can have spontaneous bleeds in five, six centimeters, but this is really large and it looks solid. You want to be careful. This ended up being uh, metastasis to the adrenal from a lung cancer. So sometimes, uh, you know, you present with acute abdomen, but it's really malignant because it's, it's a bleed, but that's not enough. It looks too solid. You've got to exclude a mass. One thing to do would be, of course, repeat the study after the patient's been on anticoagulants. Another example here, large bleed right adrenal. What could this be? This ended up being a primary adrenal carcinoma. It's the only example I've seen of that. Now we know when adrenal lesions get larger, we think about increased likelihood of malignancy. Here's a good example, incidental finding large mass. Well, what is it? Well, could be a malignancy, sure can. 
This ended up being a large adrenal uh, hematoma. Again, it's a model appearance, sharply marginated. We, we have seen carcinomas look like that, so it can be tricky. So I guess the lack of change over time can be very, very helpful. Um, here it is again in the coronal view, just a very nice visualization of a really interesting case. There it is again in the coronals. Now another example. Oval, right adrenal gland, right. Patient has had liver resection. This is post-trauma. Trauma is one of the causes of adrenal hemorrhage, but typically it's unilateral and it's right-sided. Nice example here. It can be left-sided if you do surgery, right? Left nephrectomy, adrenal hemorrhage is not uncommon. Again, uh, the most common being features, two to three centimeter oval hematoma, irregular hemorrhage obliterating the adrenal glands, perirenal hemorrhage or fat stranding, and uniform adrenal swelling with increased attenuation. When you look at this article by Tukey, CT findings, adrenal hematoma is oval or round. Irregular hemorrhage can obscure or strand near the adrenal gland. Uniform adrenal gland swelling with increased attenuation. Periadrenal hemorrhage or stranding, retroperitoneal hemorrhage, and adrenal pseudocyst are all things we need to think about. So very important in that regard. And uh, here's just a good example of a patient with prior adrenal hemorrhage. And look how dense the patient's adrenals are. Very, very nice example. Uh, when you say what happens to adrenals with bleeding, sometimes they could stay large in rim calcification. Sometimes they can become atrophic. Sometimes the patient can become Addisonian. But here we're able to treat, and um, this was a leave-alone lesion, nothing to worry about. So one of the things with adrenals, so much of adrenals are leave-alone lesions. We know that, right, because we talk about adenomas and myelolipomas, but old hemorrhage is another possibility. And finally, here's an example of a hematoma, just a huge mass with rim calcification. You can have calcification and carcinomas, but uh, this is what uh, you're going to be thinking about. So some conclusions and takeaway points. Hematuria and flank pain are common clinical presentations in the acute uh, abdomen. The age of patient and clinical history may be helpful in defining the scan protocols and the likely diagnoses. Limited phase imaging in the ER setting is a challenge, so again, comparisons can be helpful. Good injection rate and thin sections and reconstructions become critical to me. Uh, in the ER, we often have limited phases, which can be challenging. It's important to have good communication between the radiologist and the ER doc and potentially the urologist. And the communication between everyone is indeed critical. So hopefully I've given you your money's worth and more. We've discussed three talks on acute abdomen, renal applications. We spoke about kidney, spoke about adrenal, spoke about bladder. So something uh, hopefully that's of help to you. And with that, I wish you a good day, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctss.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.